Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm really excited to talk to you about one of the coolest partners I work with, the Institute for Integrated Nutrition. I'm so proud to be one of their guest speakers in the training. It's the IIN Health Coach Training Program. And so many spirit junkies have graduated from this program. I'm so proud of them. And the Institute of Integrative Nutrition is the real deal. The school has trained more than 100,000 people from all over the world to become health coaches through its online health coaching training program. One of my favorite things about the program, aside from all the incredible nutrition theories that you'll learn, is how flexible it is. I love IIN for so many reasons, but here are some of the top, top reasons. It covers more than 100 dietary theories. So good for you, for your clients, major. You'll study everything from macrobiotics to veganism. You'll also be your first client because you're going to be really applying these principles to yourself. There are more than 100 of the best teachers in the world who lead classes, including my dear friend Deepak Chopra, Andrew Weil, Dr. Oz, Mark Hyman, plus inspiring doctors and researchers who are leading the global shift toward wholesome health. Plus, you get a little Gabby. I teach in the course too. You'll learn essential coaching and business skills. No other nutrition school offers this, and you're actually going to be able to step away and launch your own business. You'll learn how to define your target audience, attract clients, market your brand, sell your awesome services, and create an authentic business model. And one of my favorite things about the IIN Health Coaching Training Program, aside from all of the incredible nutrition theories that you're going to learn, is how flexible it is. IIN's Learning Center is totally digital, so whether you're on your way to work, jogging at the gym, or in between clients, the program will fit to your lifestyle. And you can choose from their one-year program or six-month accelerated program, so you can do it at your own pace. And you can access the Learning Center from your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. There is incredible support and encouragement from everyone in the IIN team. And when you attend, you can connect to and engage with so many amazing people. When you finish the program, graduates earn the title Integrative Nutrition Health Coach. So fancy, so good. To access a free sample class and learn how you can save 30% on tuition right now, visit integrativenutrition.com slash Dear Gabby. That's I-N-T-E-G-R-A-T-I-V, integrativenutrition.com slash Dear Gabby. Gabby. 
Hey there, welcome to Dear Gabby. I'm your host, Gabby Bernstein. And if you landed here, it is absolutely no accident. It means that you're ready to feel good and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get started. In 2018, my son Oliver was a newborn. I was sitting in a cozy chair with baby Ollie, nursing him as I just gazed into his eyes and just loved him so deeply. And in the background, Dr. Shafali Tisbury's book, The Conscious Parent, was playing. And I just remember listening to this audiobook while I was nursing my son or while I was just watching him sleep. And I reached out to her because she was a friend of mine. I reached out to her and I wanted to tell her how much the book was speaking to me. And she responded with this incredible response. Welcome to your new guru, she said. It was probably one of the truest things anyone's ever said to me. My son has been one of my greatest teachers. He was teaching me even before he was born. He taught me patience. He taught me surrender. And let me tell you now, as a toddler, he is teaching me patience and surrender more than I could ever have imagined. She has inspired me and countless people throughout the world. And today, Dr. Shafali is my big talk guest on Dear Gabby. I am so psyched that I got to thank her personally for this transformative piece of wisdom. Dr. Shafali's wisdom has transformed the way I parent and the way I show up in my marriage and the way I show up in my business and so many other areas. She's a powerful force. She lifts the veil on institutional ideas surrounding marriage, parenting, femininity, relationships, and way, way, way more. There's so much that you're going to learn on today's podcast that's going to blow your mind. You're going to learn how to break free from the patterns that you've unconsciously adopted and really just live a freer, authentic life. You're going to learn how to bring the ego's patterns to the light so that you can interrupt them and create new ones, new positive patterns. You're going to learn how to remove the blocks to the love within you. When you do this, you will hear the voice of your true higher self come through. You're going to learn why divorce is not a betrayal, but actually an opportunity to evolve into your most authentic self. On today's Dear Gabby, we'll talk about when a relationship is working and when it's definitely not, and how you can be unshakably true to yourself in either case. We're hooking you up with the tools you need to crack into the love that's constantly within and around you, no matter what your relationship status is. And I really can't wait for you to hear this. She is one of the most beautiful transformational teachers and speakers and She's an amazing author and a dear friend. And I really hope that this inspires you to create magnificent changes in your life. If you feel inspired by this podcast or any of the other Dear Gabby podcasts, I welcome you to leave a review, share your thoughts on episodes, let me know how it's serving you or whatever you want me to change. Just let me know. Leave a review. Let me know how you feel. And get psyched, guys. This is a beautiful big talk. Welcome back to Dear Gabby. Today, I have a beautiful friend who I've known for quite some time now. One of those friends that comes in and out of my life at events or work-related functions, but someone who's always a very bright light and presence when I am around her. And when I'm listening to your voice in any way, welcome Shafali. Dr. Shafali is with us today, and it's so good to see your face and to be with you. Oh, same here. I'm so excited to be here. There really isn't a better time than now to have a book come out called Radical Awakening. Because anyone who has lived through the past year and a half has had no choice but to have a radical awakening. I guess you could you could have been hiding under your pillow and drinking. Uh, but we've all been pushed into a big part of ourselves that's waking up. 
in the book, you talk a lot about how we all, first of all, I love the book and I love you and I love the book. You talk a lot about how we aren't awake unless we do the deep spiritual work to unearth and undo the belief systems that have kept us sleeping, kept us, kept us not awake. So I'd love to hear what that means to you, what it means to have an awakening. Yeah, that's a that's a deep question. So as a therapist, you know, I'm always trying to help people have those breakthrough experiences where they realize that they have been puppeteered by a very complex web of belief systems indoctrinated by a cultural matrix that hasn't necessarily allowed them to be loyal and honoring of their authentic self. So to awaken has two parts to it in in this book that I uh, speak to. The first part of awakening is to realize that this cultural matrix that we are absorbed in, ensconced in, is filled with a lot of fear and scarcity-based belief systems that we have now ingested and are brainwashed by. So the first part is to recognize. The epiphany comes when you realize oh my goodness, have I been just sold a bag of lies? So I talk about institutions like marriage, divorce, beauty, the idea that we women need to be good women. We need to have this standard of perfection. And all these rigid ideals that we have now made our own have kept us submerged under fear and impoverishment. So that's the first layer of you know, your grand epiphanic wake-up call that Maybe what I've been told all my life and I have followed to a T has really been leading me to the slaughterhouse and I have to break free. So that's the first gentle part of the awakening. The second, more brutal part of the radical piece of this awakening is that you now are courageous enough to look in the mirror to realize that you yourself are the oppressor of your own authenticity. Now you realize that there is no one to blame. There is no evil man or patriarch out there. It's now inside you. And that is where the ultimate untethering occurs. When you take full responsibility for your co-creation, where you see your patterns and you understand that your childhood has deeply, irrevocably influenced every single relationship So much so, I always say, we're not living a life, we're living a pattern. Mm -hmm. So breaking free from this slumber, this uh, uh, opioid den of existence is the radical awakening. So the first part of the awakening is realizing that you can have an awakening. (laughs) Is that that you've been asleep. Yeah, exactly. Recognizing how asleep you've been. Yes. And I, I think that many people walk through life truly never even ever knowing how asleep they are. But I do think that something like COVID was a major cracking open for people who otherwise may have lived their entire lives asleep. When, I agree. Right? When the, the ways that we cope and the ways that we sustain the pattern, as you would say, the patterns of the life that we've created, when those patterns are interrupted because we can no longer run, we have to stay put, it's maybe a uh, awakening that's bestowed upon us. <laughs> yes. So there's yeah. two parts to this, and you know this so well. We can either invite in the awakening consciously by seeing and being aware, but very few people do that. We know 
that most of us only wake up through the portal of pain, through a rupture, or what I call the rock bottom in this book. But you know that it's rock bottom when your, your face is on the gutter and you have no choice but to either die there or shed all your old false ways of living and truly awaken to a new rebirth. And yes, the pandemic was bestowed on us, whether we liked it or not, and many kicking and screaming uh, found themselves in a new place for the first time in their lives. But this is what happens when we're not prepared. Like you said, when we don't do the inner work, then these sudden ruptures feel seriously traumatic and they don't have to be. Yep. So when you do the inner work uh, and you've already ruptured the false self, because that's the real rock bottom. The rock bottom is because your egoic past ways of being don't work anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's not the pandemic. It's because your old ways of coping are not working anymore, or it's not the divorce, or it's not the evil ex or uh, the boss at work. It is because your old ways are simply not sustainable. You know, most of us just live our lives blaming, blaming this, blaming that, blaming X, blaming Y, but it's really this false self that we need to look at and crack open. That's what is seeking the breakage. That is what where the rupture is. The pandemic didn't rupture our existence our egoic false ways were asking for the break. And the pandemic was just the fire, uh, the flame to the fire. Right. We, we were already broken. I really love your fierceness. I find it familiar. <laughs> and what I, what I love is that there's kind of this no bullshit attitude about the fact that it's our responsibility to heal our lives and to awaken that the second step is, the first step you said is the gentle step. And then the second step is to accept that it's your patterns that you've been repurposing and replaying and reliving that you have to undo. And so to really encourage us to not be the victim of the world that we see, but to take ownership and to show up for it. And, and that's, I think, such a powerful thing to say. And as a teacher, is a brave thing to say, I really want to acknowledge. Because as a teacher, to say to people, that's very confronting. It's, it's your job. You got to do it. But I like that you unapologetically, and actually the last thing I want to say is you unapologetically say it. And that is a reflection of you standing in your own awakening because it's you not trying to please the reader, but instead saying, no, this is the truth. You got to go there. Yeah. And, you know, in my first book, The Conscious Parent, you can only imagine how brutal that was because no one is more defended than the parent, right? The parent thinks they're the sanctified, holy savior and creator of their children. So when I busted that myth, I got tremendous resistance. And yes, uh, you know, I, I don't pull any punches and I receive a lot of resistance back, but I'm here to help people get to the core of the root uh, of the pain and in order to do that, we got kind of have to just take that Band-Aid off. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we'll just circle in comfort and stagnancy and everyone will be happy and peaceful, but no one will really transform. Has this ever happened to you? You need to see a doctor. You research, you find one that looks good. You wait on hold to book an appointment. You rearrange your entire freaking schedule. And then you try to finally go into the doctor and they don't even take your insurance. Are you kidding me? This is the craziest moment. So with ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment. 
in person or video chat. I love a good video chat doc appointment. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to see a doctor because I don't want to wait. I'm too busy for that. And whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Gabby and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Make things easier on yourself and try it out. I use it and it really does make my life a lot easier. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Gabby and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's zocdoc.com slash Gabby. On this show, sometimes a lot of what I do is uh, mainly coaching and workshopping Dear Gabbying people. And sometimes I'm this bossy BIT, you know what, comes out and I can, I can be that way, but it's because of this fierceness and this desire for people to grow fast and to step in. And you don't, you don't want to push somebody too quickly into that change, and especially if they're unwilling. But the willing person listening, because they wouldn't still be listening if they weren't, what is a bold approach to move into that grace and that change that they can take to really go forward in their awakening bravely, but not too quickly because you don't want to uncover too much too fast? You can't, you know, even if you want to uncover too quickly, too fast and get to that utopic place at the end of the rainbow, it simply won't happen, right? right? Because everyone goes, okay, okay, I'm awake now. I'm awake. What's next? Right? Okay, I'm a conscious parent. Now what's next? It, it, It doesn't work intellectually. It's not a concept. It's not an idea. It will only occur through an expansion of consciousness. So even when people ask, but but how will I do it? You know, when I when I leave that job, how will I know what to do next? I go, that's not a question to be answered right now, right? So we mm-hmm. can only start where we are right now with the consciousness mm-hmm. we have. And the consciousness will not expand until we do that work. So intellectually, we can think we've gotten it or desire it. or And therefore, if it's on the vision board, we are ready to actualize it. But it simply won't work. We will regress very quickly. And that's why people regress because the the brutal nature of this business called inner work is that if you're not honest about it and if you're not going to take a full accountability it will not work so the, but that's okay and regression is part of healing yep. and and regression is good because you get to see damn my ego is stubborn it mm-hmm. doesn't want to leave me. It loves me like the best lover I've ever known. It just doesn't leave. It's adhered to me like, like sticky glue. So once we can see that this ego, this false persona that we've developed from a conditioned childhood of fear is a formidable ally and foe, we will not be able to befriend it. The ego is not here to be vilified. The ego developed in us to protect us Uh, against the ravages of the unconsciousness we received in our early years. So it is a beautiful attempt to receive love and worth. 
but it is a primitive attempt to receive love and worth. So it's here to protect. So regression means that the ego roars back because the ego is not believing us that we're healed because we haven't healed. Whenever we fall back, it's a sign that, okay, there's more work to be done. This yep. pattern is really rigidified. And we don't have to shame ourselves or want to be faster than our neighbor because there's no comparison here. There's no competition and there's no perfect destination called consciousness. I love that you're talking about befriending the ego because I've become a student of internal family systems of Dick Schwartz IFS therapy. And I've, I've uh, also practiced it for eight years in my own practice with my therapist. And I, what I love most about the principles of IFS is very much what you're saying, which is the protector parts, the ego, must be befriended. It's not about shaming them or blaming them, but it's about befriending them so that they can get out of their extreme roles. And so when we can look at our ego in those moments where we regress and say, okay, thank you for revealing to me that there's more to heal— that's such a profound way to, you know, put on your big girl pants and keep going and show up more. I really want to echo the fact that I hear this through line that the journey isn't easy, but it's worth it. And, you know, I'm living to tell that. I know you are too. And so here we are, we're kind of like, you know, cheerleaders for personal growth and spiritual practice. I mean, I don't think there's anything else, right? I mean, what, I agree. Else, what else is there? Everything else is just a reflection of that. It's just an outgrowth of that. So if that is not aligned and in synchrony with your most authentic self, then everything else will be a split or a schism reflecting that inner schism. So, you know, once we embrace that life is about just pointing back, to how we need to become more whole, then we, when we have that lens, we're like, oh, okay, more work to be done. There's always more work to be done. I mean, they'll never finish because our quest for wholeness is always going to be aspirational. There is no perfect, you know, if child number three comes along and we were great and conscious with child number one and two, child number three is going to evoke and uh, undo some old stuff that you had no awareness was still lying buried. So, it's not about being upset with ourselves, as you said, or shaming ourselves. It's just understanding that the process, the journey, as you said, is the growth. It is the growth. There is no outcome that's the growth. The process is the growth. The process is the growth. And for anyone that's listening right now feeling like, oh, I, I don't really know where to begin, like they're listening. And so they're having, I think, an awakening even just by listening because they're recognizing this truth. But what do I do? Where do I go? What's the first step beyond realizing it and seeing that it's my part, but what's next? What would be a first right action right there? So this is such a common question that uh, both of us, I'm sure, get asked all the time. So in this book, A Radical Awakening, I lay out a process as best as I can to, to take us through this awakening process. So the first step is awareness, right? And people go, okay, 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 I'm aware. I'm aware, I get it. And yeah. again, in the awareness is the expansion. So we have to keep being aware. Awareness is not something you do on Monday and then you stop doing on Tuesday. So awareness of what? Awareness of our deep and unremitting conditioning. So I call the first part of this book being asleep in the matrix to realize that we have been living in a fog in that opioid den of complete drug-induced brainwashing, psychological brainwashing. And really penetrating that, that, wow, I was in a fog there, 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 outlining 
identifying your narrative of living in the fog. And then mm. the next step that I outline in the book is now you have to deconstruct the shadow, deconstruct the egoic patterns that you've adopted because you were asleep. It's not our fault. Everyone has, a, you know, many masks that they've worn just to survive the, the non-existence of true worth. So we wear these faces of the ego. And I talk about that in the book. And for women in particular, I found that they're very, you know, stereotypical archetypes. I call them the givers, the controllers, and the takers. And then I go into depth there. You have a controller right here. You have a controller in recovery. Yes. Okay, carry on. <laughs> uh, I have a recovering savior right here. So um, recognizing that and going, oh my goodness. And we're many faces, but we have some predominant archetypes. So recognizing, wow, I do that every time I'm anxious. Yeah. Recognizing that and then seeing it prop its head up in the moment is huge. So then people go, okay, now I see it. Okay, now once you see it and you can see it as a mask, see it as separate from your authentic self, now you have the capacity potentially to take a pause in that moment. So when your child, if you have a 17-year-old, I have an 18-year-old, so I'm talking about teenagers now, Gabby. If I was you know, a younger mom, I'd be like, if you have a toddler, right, so right, I'm, sure, right. I'm sure you relate to that more. And there's there's defiance and there's no, 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 no. And you see this controlling side of you prop up, which every parent does. In the past, you would have succumbed to it thinking that that is your authentic self. But now that you recognize that, oh, this is just what I do when I'm anxious. Now you can take a pause and go into, tap into where am I anxious? Why am I anxious? What is this bringing up in me? Why am I feeling like a three-year-old myself? Why am I feeling like I want to compete with my toddler and my teenager? Now you can tap into that and you take a timeout. Just in that is a disruption of the pattern. You become yep. a pattern disruptor and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. Now people will go, okay, I'll keep doing it. Then what? The then what occurs in the now. In the now, once you release that egoic pattern and you have tapped into yourself, now you allow your real self to emerge. So you ask your true self, what would she do now in this moment? And just by doing that, you've entered a different place in your psyche, in your heart. You've entered your yep. heart. And yep. now you can go back and connect to the real child outside of you or the real child in the other person outside right. of you. Right, and right. Not just the child inside you. Right. And, and then I talk about, you know, how to crack the matrix. So I do everything fast. And my team always jokes that they have to work at the speed of Gabby. <laughs> I eat fast. I work fast. I walk fast. I even came into the world fast. <laughs> Last month, I was trying to sneak a shower in before another meeting. And of course, moving fast. Well, my razor wasn't the best. And I ended up cutting my leg. And you literally know how much that sucks. So when trying out new razors, I was really, really cautious because I'm on the move. And I tried this new razor from Athena Club. I didn't expect much difference, but oh my freaking God, this is my favorite, all-time favorite, all-time favorite, all-time favorite razor. I got the black one, which is so gorgeous and sexy. And the razors are designed with built-in skin guards to help prevent razor burn while being gentle on curves. The razor blade is surrounded by a water-activated serum with shea butter and hyaluronic acid, which is the holy grail for skincare. I'm telling you people, I'm literally obsessed with this razor. The best part is that the razor kit is only $9 and comes with two blade heads, a magnetic hook for your shower. I put mine behind my bath 
and you can choose your own color. I started off with pink. Then I was like, you know what? I really want the black one. So I got the black one too. Oh my God. It's so good. And as weird as it sounds to call a razor pretty, it's so pretty. You really just need one because you can always refill it, but I just wanted more than one color. You can choose how often replacement blades are sent to you with free shipping. And that means fresh, ready-to-use razors always arrive when you need them. Also, you have to try their cloud shave foam. Wow, so good. Show your skin you care with the Athena Club Razor Kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Go to athenaclub.com and use promo code DEARGABBY. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B dot com with promo code Dear Gabby for 20% off. Before you even go into the cracking of the matrix, let's go. I want to unpack what you just said, okay? Because I want to get to the cracking the matrix. What you said was just so major. And I want to repeat it over back to you, reflect it back to you, because the interruption of the pattern is what changes the habit and the perpetual pattern of the ego. So major, so major. And so what you're suggesting is you have this awareness, you recognize the awareness. In the moment, you start to notice when those parts of you, those protector parts, as we say in IFS, when ego shows up and you called it the controller, who else? The controller. The givers, the controllers, and the takers. The givers, the controllers, and the takers. You notice those parts come up in those moments, you do something in place of the reactive response, right? So could it be a breath? It could be a prayer. It could be just even acknowledging that part is there and recognizing that it's there protecting a child, right? Protecting your child, your own inner child. And I think that what you're saying is profound and it's very spiritual because the more you practice that kind of pattern interrupt, what you're ultimately doing is bringing the ego back to love. The more we shine light on that ego, the more it can't coexist in the darkness. So just bringing that light, bringing that light, bringing that light. And what you said is so profound is that it's not really that you have to know what to do next. It's almost that you're shown what to do next because when you bring that ego to the light, it's really revealed to you. It comes out naturally. The next move is so natural. So Yes, and that that someone has to surrender to the process to understand that what you just said, it is what we call in our language, the unfolding of the true self. But the true self, you can't say, okay, then your true self will feel this. Then it will know this. It will speak to you once it is allowed the space removed from the false self. So what that true self will say will be distinguished in each person. It is not a universal principle, but the true self unequivocally is back to heart. The ego is protecting you because of fear, scarcity, and helplessness. If every parent could understand that when they're raising their voice, when they're wagging their finger, when they're mm, clenching their jaw, when they're seeking supremacy, they're actually really in anxiety. They're helpless underneath. Why the frick will this child, this little thing to my knee, will not listen to me? You have become a tantruming toddler seeking validation and significance. And you're so helpless that you're not going to get it from this one person that you thought you would. And once you can recognize that, now you can tap into that fear and begin to have a dialogue with that inner child and soothe that inner child. Now, when you soothe that inner child, you begin to heal. That is healing. Yep. And, yep. and now you've released control and supremacy and dictatorship. 
And you also mentioned that, that this, this self shows up. Everything you're saying obviously reflects IFS, but that self, or we could call it God, the God within us, the love within us, comes to the surface when we dismantle those patterns. Because that self, that, that self with a big S, is always there, always ready to show up for us, always ready to uh, calm that inner child. But we have to we have to really take the ego out of that extreme place in order for that that self to really be heard. And most of us are in a mental, psychological, emotional, spiritual loop with yep. the ego as the tail and we're chasing it and we don't realize. And the ego is not going to relent because the ego is stalwart. It's your loyal ally. It's how you survive childhood. So right. that's why befriending it and honoring it and recognizing it. And it's a sneak, sneaky little thing. It's yeah. a little snake because it's right. here to protect you. So with deep compassion, we must be brutal. So when you said earlier that, you know, Shafali, you can be brutal, it's because if we're not brutally honest, then that ego will always reign supreme. But through love for the ego, through compassion for that egoic self, we can actually, in, in, through brutal acceptance of the egoic self, we can achieve unequivocal inner wholeness. And gratitude for that ego self too, because if we can look back and say, I can look back and say, I'm so grateful for the part of me that was a drug addict because that part of me kept me safe at that time and, and, and it got me through, even though that wasn't a, a, it was a very destructive part, but I can be grateful for it now. And so to really thank those parts for doing what they had to do to keep us where we had to be in that moment. Yeah, because uh, if we yeah. resist that ego, you're now creating an inner war again. You know, shame and blame. It was shame yeah. and, blame. and it's, it's going to rise even stronger because it's seeing that it is being threatened. Mm -hmm. Only that compassionate big S self mm -hmm. can truly dissolve the ego. So therefore, mm -hmm. it is such an intense process to arrive, to touch, to taste, and to feel, and to allow that big S self to truly be present, the big mind, the eternal self, the essence, whatever people want to call it. Mm -hmm. to, to, because the ego will only subside when it sees that we are in good hands. Yep. It's not going to yep. leave us. It's it adore, It is so protective. It's adoring of us so much. Yep. Yep. Although, albeit primitive, because we have to realize we created it when we were three and four years old. Yep. How could it be sophisticated? It All it knows is to eat, drink, and, and pass out, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's hedonistic in that way because it's primitive. It's just based on the senses. I love this line from A Course in Miracles that it's the descent from magnitude into littleness like that three-year-old that's in, in this place of like everything's brilliant and then the separation occurs, right? So parents get divorced or they're bullied or whatever, or, or God forbid, abused. And we, we, we fragment and we go into these different parts of, of the ego that just are repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated and they become who we are today. And so I'm so grateful for this book because it truly is awakening people to those patterns so that they can crack the matrix. So let's go into cracking the matrix. This isn't the next phase. Go for it. I don't know whether you read my book, The Awakened Family, which is part. No, I haven't read that yet. I I'll, send, I'll that send one. one to you. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, good. So that's the last parenting book I, I think I'm going to write for a while. So it was my, uh, you know, tour de force of my thoughts over years. 
in that book, I talk about debunking the parenting matrix, Mm -hmm. the traditional parenting matrix where we believe our children need to be happy or successful or that we need to be in control or, or my child needs to be really nice. So all those matrix beliefs from traditional parenting were debunked in that book. So in this book, which is more geared to the soul of the woman, I talk about more female-centric belief systems that have subsumed us. So here I talk about our ideas about love, marriage, divorce, beauty, youth, niceness, and motherhood. So these were the central ones that have kept coming up for me in my life and my clients' lives that have really taken us by the jugular and made us feel like unless we are married in this way, you know, and if we get divorced in this way, and then we must be a mother in this way, and we must be beautiful. You know, we women have been plagued by the institution of beauty and youth and plagued by the institution of niceness and where we've gotten so confused about what it really means. So that's what I talk about in this section of the book, where, which is called Cracking the Matrix. And then the last part of the book is Awakening from the Matrix. You know, I'm proud of you because I don't think that you could write a book like this or have the world receive a book like this the way it has without really living it. And that boldness that I was speaking of earlier is such a reflection of just truly walking your talk. And you can feel it. I think that's that's something that's when you live with your authentic power, you can feel that when that when it enters the room. Because it's not like, oh, the the person's like so awakened that they're they're enlightened, but it's that they're conscious and they're aware of the power that's within them and and when they're out of it, when they're disconnected from it and how to get back. So, you know, you're such a beautiful living example of what it looks like to have a radical awakening. I just wanted to reflect that back to you. I feel it through the Zoom screen. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I I, I do feel, uh, you know, I've had several radical awakenings, but this one was very poignant because it was uh, ushered in by the end of my 25-year-old relationship and what it meant as a woman, and I'm an Indian woman, which comes loaded with even more crap, uh, to quote-unquote disrupt the family system, right. to, to break out of the mold, to be the, the home wrecker, you know, whatever words right. people use, right. Right. And, and how to yet stay in my authentic power, yet stay in love, yet redefine it and define it for other women and help them and be empowered. Uh, I just felt so compelled to write it because I had walked through the hot coals of the fire myself, but I also usher so many other women through it. And I just felt compelled. Now it's time for me to write for my sisters. You know, it's Mm -hmm. time for me to address what we women in particular go through way more extremely than perhaps an average male. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love that you talked about is that you really didn't just get divorced just to try to get yourself out of the discomfort. You did the work and you looked at the ego and you brought the ego to the light and you continued to do the work in the marriage. And at that point, you then could leave. And I think that that is such a profound thing because often like in the 12 steps, we say, oh, don't go take a geographic. Don't just leave New York and go to LA. You'll still be an alcoholic. So it's it's the fact that you stuck around to do the bigger work. And often it's in relationship that we have to do the work because that's where the work is activated and triggered. So that's a big point that I think our listeners need to hear. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals or perhaps just needs someone to talk to about an issue that's bothering you? The answer, my friend, is therapy. 
And you hear me talk about this over and over and over on Dear Gabby. Therapy is the solution when we have deep-rooted, unresolved issues, traumas, stories in our brain that we have on repeat. We need to talk them out. And therapy is something that has completely saved my life. I've been in therapy for the last 20 years. That's why I'm such a huge supporter of BetterHelp. BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist that you can start communicating with in under 48 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, or you can send a message to a counselor anytime. And BetterHelp makes it easy to connect in a safe and private online environment. I like that you don't have to sit in a waiting room. You don't have to like commute anywhere. It's it's a different time that we're living in. So you can just hop on your computer and have a therapy session. It's so convenient that you can start communicating with someone in under 48 hours. And best of all, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which I know is so important for people right now. They have licensed counselors who are specialized for depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, LGBTQ matters, self-esteem, and so much more. BetterHelp is professional, affordable, convenient, and anything you share is, of course, confidential. There's also some great testimonials posted daily on their site so you can learn more about other experiences with BetterHelp. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash Gabby. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Gabby. People always ask me on this show, when do I know is a relationship over? And I say, well, well, there's two people and you're both working towards betterment or spiritual connection. And when one person stops working and the other person's still moving forward, that's when you know it's it's no longer moving together in the same direction. But what you did was so interesting was that you kept, it, this is my perception of it, and you can correct me, but that you allowed the relationship to be this classroom for you to do the deeper work before you were able to walk away. Yeah. And I would have maybe even continued longer because I still had work, but then it just became unsustainable because yeah. the other person was not able to tolerate this much sitting in it. Correct. That's my point, which is like the person's still growing and the other one's not. That's when you know it's over. So that's exactly, that's a reflection of exactly what I'm saying. Right. So you're right. Most people, when they feel the tinges of pain and discomfort, do what the ego wants them to do, which is react, run away, numb, distract, blame, resent, and right. fall into another cyclonic disaster of self-pity or self or other anger, whatever it is, anger towards self, anger toward the, the other. But I knew that my work was not complete. In fact, when I began to realize that I was in, in real, at the real precipice of my authentic self emerging, and th- that brought a lot of pain of the birth, I knew I, I had to stay to make sure that this was sustainable, that th- I was ready for the, for the whole uh, emergence of this new self. So I, I do many times call a divorce uh, an emergence of the true self and a divorce from your inauthentic ways of being and a marriage back into yourself. So I reframe the ideas of love, marriage, and divorce in this book to help women understand that these ideas that culture has put on us are truly constraining. And the true spiritual meaning of a marriage. What is the true spiritual meaning of the divorce? The divorce is never from the other person. The divorce is from the false person that lived within you. Mm. And, and once you can understand that, then there is no 
anger. Now, I'm not saying I never succumbed to bouts of utter tantruming. Of course I did. Uh, you know, I dipped into my small S self all the time, but I also knew that that was my small S self guiding the way. And the true divorce is only against my own false patterns. There is no other person ever in the drama that's relevant. It's just you and all your little children in the room. Yeah. So I always say that the world is our classroom and people are our assignments and there's no greater assignment than that romantic partner in whatever form they come. That brings me to my next question, which is, do you, I don't want to say, do you still believe in marriage, but you obviously have a new perception of marriage, I would imagine, as you dismantle the matrix. Marriage is an institution. So I can't believe in it or not. It is just an institution that was created for really social contracts and convenience and really for the ownership of land, women, cattle, and children right. uh, in whatever order. So it has now been infused with these ideas of love and uh, the church got involved and now it's about purity or sanctification or whatever, morality. So I don't believe in it or not. I just say what it is. And people can choose to participate in the institution, which now has two other institutions connected to it, the legal institution and the religious institution. So as right. long as you know you're getting into three institutions and you're signing a contract, uh, for what is supposed love, you know, love is a free emotion. Love is a spontaneous, unbridled emotion. It can never be contracted. So as long as you know what you're doing and, mm-hmm. and you don't you don't mistake it and you have mm-hmm. to understand that the marital institution is a contract for longevity. It is based on a longevity model, as I call it, and not a growth model necessarily. Right. So just, just be aware that when you're 24 or 28 and pledging, you know, this uh, unabiding, love for this person that you predict what you will love 20 years down the line, just know that you are in a little moment of naivety and do it. Take the presents, have the gift, eat the cake, love it, wear your big fancy ring. Just know you are, you are, you're trying to control your future, which you don't yet know as yet. So when the future does emerge and you have transformed in a way, or you have drifted apart, it's okay right? But don't be traumatized by it. You were in a moment of naive innocence when you thought that you would not arrive at that moment. So for those who do arrive at that moment, we need to hold great compassion and permission for them onward, onward and celebrate your next journey. But instead, divorce has been blasphemized and women get really hit, the mother especially, because she's made to feel all sorts of guilt and shame for Mm. daring to uh, be the one hawking the end of uh, that era. Mm. So uh, this book just gives gives clarity on what we're doing. And as long as we know what we're doing, uh, we, we are okay. You know, as long as you're conscious that you're unconscious at this present moment and you're predicting future things that you really can't pledge to, but you're so sweet and romantic and you bought into this idea, go ahead. But when it finally changes, if it does, then understand that this was inevitable. You know, change is always happening. But when we truly transform, don't beat yourself up on it. It's okay. It's not a betrayal. No one should feel betrayed because another has transformed. And we need to really allow for grace to occur, which means to allow for the surrender of this transformation. But actually, the way the current paradigm is, it actually stops us from daring to transform too much. And that is against the spiritual principles of evolution. We should be always evolving. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Whoa. Beautiful. I think that what you said is maybe going to be potentially heartbreaking to that newlywed who thinks that she's now saved and her life is going to be complete because she has the ring on her finger. But it's important because 
we have to accept from the get-go that no one person can be our source of wholeness or our savior, that that has to come from within ourselves. So if you get that part, if you get that conscious part, then you can do whatever the heck you want in the worldly form. You can wear a ring, you can have five partners, whatever the F you want, but you got to get the part that no one person is going to be your savior, your source of safety. Correct. And that contract seduces the young, naive, conditioned mind to believe that that person is betrothed to you. And then when that person, uh, you know, dares to break some vow, that person is vilified, you know, and there, there is no such thing. Each person, as you know, follows their own level of consciousness to the best degree they can. And and we have to end this uh, possession, ownership, and control that we have with our children and that we have towards our partners and and release the other to follow their ways. And then people will always say to me, oh, so are you saying that my kid can just smoke pot on the couch and stay in the toilet all day? No, I'm not saying that. Are you saying that my partner can cheat on me? And I'm like, where did you hear that? So we go immediately into lack because we're seeking control. So the Mm. minute I try to push uh, an expansive view of these paradigms, people enter panic, right? They enter their toddler self. Oh my goodness, I thought that the contract meant sanctification, purification, and uttermost safety. This person promised me safety. Well, guess what? No one can promise you safety because safety Mm. is an idea that is idiosyncratic to you. You know, what level of safety, what makes you safe? This is all in your own imagination. We can never, after those first early years, that's it. There is no other who can provide or thing that can provide safety, certainly not a contract. So if we are aware of all this going in, like I said, eat all the cake you want. Girlfriend. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I just, you know, I, I love fierce women that are so channeling the spirit within themselves and the spirit around them. God bless you. Amen to you. I want to repeat something that you uh, wrote that really, really, really touched me. Your children are here to discover who they truly are and not who you wish them to be. What I find so profound about that is it's the same in our romantic relationships. When we enter a relationship, it's not about controlling that person to become who we want them to be, but to allow them to continue to discover who they truly are in relationship to us. Not just in relationship to us, but in in relationship to themselves. And so having really learned this lesson this year with my son and my husband of really accepting that he's here to be who he's here to be, both of them. They're both here to be who they're here to be. And I can be the witness of that growth. I can be the witness of that truth, but I can't control it and make it what I need it to be has been such a profound gift. And I I read that early when my son was very young, okay, when I was when I was sitting on the sofa breastfeeding. And it struck me, it really struck me because I think that so particularly with parenting, but also in relationships, also in romantic relationships, there's this belief system that I can make someone be who I need them to be, who I want them to be, and who I think they should be. And you said this in The Conscious Parent, that my son isn't my son. He's Oliver. He's, he's his name, right? That tendency to want to say, my son, my this, my husband. No, these are humans developing in their own authentic ways. That subtle shift for me has transformed the way I parent and the way I am in my marriage. So I wanted to thank you for that. Yeah, and it's thank you for resonating that again for me as well. It is the eternal lesson because 
everything begins at the formless. Form follows formless. So everything begins with love, right? We, we this idea of love, this idea of loving our child, whatever, the idea of love. But love, like I said earlier, is a spontaneous, organic, unbridled, free, free emotion. Mm-hmm. It cannot be prescribed. But the current parenting paradigm and marriage prescribes it. There's a prescription for yeah. how to be a married person and how to be a parent. Right. Now, the minute you do that, you have to see that you've taken love, a free, formless, energetic, a spacious existence, whatever it is, and now you've bottled it. And with it, you've given it rules, uh, conformity, and then great uh, adjectives and blasphemy for non-conformity. That's why we suffer. We do it to ourselves, but we don't see how we've bought into the prescription. So what I did with the awakened family and the conscious parent is bust out those prescriptions and teach parents, hey, 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 you had love, remember? Let's go into that and let's really learn to unconditionally love because all your love, whether you like it or not, if you're asleep, is replete with conditions. So it is in marriage. We love, love, love. The minute we get married now, hello, you're my husband, you're my wife. I don't want my wife to act like this. And we act as if they are our puppets, our owner, our, our possessions are uh, to be owned and controlled because the, the marital institution is replete with conditions. So when you enter the institution, please understand you're not loving now any longer. You are loving within a prescription. Mm. Now, for those who can transcend and still have transcendent love that is not bound by the conditions or prescriptions of societal marriage, that is the ultimate destination. Then you can get married a million times if you want, but you won't. Right. Or whatever. Or you can stay with that one person till, till your bones crack. No problem. But understand that the marital institution itself comes with these certain conjunctions, injunctions, conditions, and you are bound by it now. And the other person has expectations that you will stay bound by it. And then when you break out of it, just like a child who dares to be gay, Oh, great blasphemy, great fear, great shame, great hiding. And so where is the liberation of that promised love? It I really want to emphasize the word expectation, right? That's the operative word here. Because I remember in theater school, something profound was said, interruption of expectation causes emotion. And I was like, got it. Okay. That, you know, because what's happening for us as readers of your books is that you're interrupting the expectations, which is a great gift that you're giving us. Because if we can go into these relationships with our children and our partners and even our friends or our coworkers without the expectation that they should be this way, we can free ourselves from a lot of discomfort and and emotion of heartbreak that they're not who we thought they were, but instead allow them to be who they need to be and, and grow alongside them. And so, I mean, amen to that. That's so beautiful. So when that aligns with the free principle of love, and then you realize, okay, I'm getting married just for the form of it, but I'm staying plugged into the real intention here, which was formless, which doesn't have contracts, obligations, shoulds, or expectations because it's formless, it's free. Then, Then concomitantly, any rupture separation, divorce, whatever you want to call it, is is not going to be so vilified, is not going to be seen as a betrayal, as a clash of egos. It's going to be seen as the next era, as an emergence of each one's new authentic self. But we have been so boxed into a particular way to stay married that then divorce has become its own industry. 
it's become its own multi-million dollar industry. And it's right. such a tragedy. The reason children suffer from divorce is because we have a faulty understanding of marriage. Don't blame divorce. Divorce is just the outgrowth of a schismed understanding of what true love is. Right, 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 right. Well, congratulations on another bang up book. Congratulations on your divorce. I'm going to clap for you and celebrate that. Because whenever I hear someone tells me I'm getting a divorce, I always say congratulations. Because it means you made a decision. It means that you're you're stepping into a new way of being. You're stepping out of the old pattern. It's excellent. Congratulations. And it takes so much courage. And no, I have never met a person who's regretted it. I mean, except for a few who go back. But, um, you know, nobody makes big decisions like this carelessly. No. And, and it takes a trial by fire. Anything to become a mother, to change a job, to shift a country, to get married, to get divorced. These are big decisions. We need to take out the shame and blame. And I, I urge women in this book to truly be sororal in their sisterhood towards each other. Because, sorry to say, women are severe critics of each other. Right. Uh, and because they themselves are operating out of a box, they poke the finger at those who have left the cage. So we need to really step up our game as women and really support each other, no matter what the judge, the decision, no matter what the choice we need to step up and be there for each other unequivocally. Yeah, yeah. For the movement forward for all women, we have to celebrate women really owning and claiming their authentic power. However they choose to do it, yes. However they choose to do it. What a beautiful conversation. You are fabulous. I, I love you. I adore you. Thank you so much, Gabby. Thank you. If you made it to the end of this episode, that means you're truly committed to miracles. I'm really proud of you. If you want to get more Gabby, tune in every Monday for a new episode. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the guidance or special bonus episodes. Your experience of this show means a lot to me. So I really want to welcome you to leave an honest review. And you can follow me on social media at Gabby Bernstein. And if you want to get in on the action, sign up for a chance to be Dear Gabby live at DearGabby.com. See you next week. Gabby. Gabby.